you're listening to Creation Talk with your host, Jess Beattie, and special guest, Dr. Don Batten. Don, they say that dinosaurs died out 66 million years ago when a meteorite hit the Yucatan Peninsula. But you actually say that that's not true. Can you walk me through that? Well, there's three lines of evidence why I don't believe that's true. First of all, there's scientific evidence, which is the soft tissues and proteins that are found in dinosaur remains, and they indicates that those dinosaur fossils are not millions of years old. That's number soft one. Soft tissue, okay. Soft tissue. The second is the historical evidence that people have seen these creatures uh, in you know, the last 500 years, 1,000 years, 2,000 years, and that's in the form of art that's actually found all around the world. But before 1841, they wouldn't have called them dinosaurs because that's when the word was invented, and I believe they call them dragons in English, mm. and there's words in, in Chinese and other languages. And so before 1841, they were called dragons. Not all dragons are dinosaurs, but many of them clearly are. And the third line of evidence is the historical evidence from the Bible, which indicates that dinosaurs were not created a long time before mankind, but in fact on the same day of creation week, which is the sixth day of creation week. So, Don, if we look at those three evidences in a little bit more detail, the first one being this idea of soft tissue that we're finding in dinosaur fossils, how can that be the case if they're supposed to be 66 million years old? That's a fundamental problem for the millions of years story because proteins and things don't last for millions of years, even under the most ideal conditions. So this is such a problem for the evolutionary story, the millions of years story, that when the first material was published scientifically on the soft tissue and dinosaur bones, the evolutionary establishment came out all guns blazing, trying to shoot it down, claiming that the blood vessels that were found were actually biofilm created by a bacteria that had invaded the bones in recent times. So the fossils have been invaded by bacteria and the bacteria produced this film, which created this stuff that looked like blood vessels, stretchy, soft blood vessels. Okay, so look like blood vessels, but wasn't actually... That's, that was the claim. That was because they recognised that this is a huge problem for their millions of years story, was that uh, these blood vessels would not last soft and stretchy for 60, well, over 68 million years sort of thing. So Dr. Mary Schweitzer, who was responsible for this original research, then went on to uh, show that this soft material had proteins in it that could only come from a vertebrate, not from bacteria. So bacteria don't produce collagen, for example, which is a protein that's present in vertebrates, uh, animals with backbones with a skeleton. But uh, she found collagen and other proteins like hemoglobin, for example. Again, bacteria don't produce hemoglobin. So this then became a bigger problem for the millions of years story because their story about biofilms didn't work. So they're looking for an out to try and you know explain how they can be millions of years old and still have these biomaterials, this uh, proteins and things still in them. Now, the interesting, you can do lab experiments with collagen and other proteins, and you can do it at different temperatures, and then you can track how quickly the material breaks down. And you find out that even under ideal conditions with, say, a 10 degrees Celsius, which is sort of a temperature you would expect in the rocks, you know, the fossils are found in, uh, collagen protein, for example, won't last even one million years mm. at 10 degrees Celsius. And this is 
end up with nothing connected. So the proteins are made of amino acids, and it would take just one million years for none of them to be connected. In other words, completely broken down. Mm. So in other words, this this is a this discovery is a big problem for the belief that they're millions of years old. And are they still trying to, if the biofilm idea hasn't worked, is there any other ideas that they're coming up with to try and yep. shoot it down? Yeah, they've tried to shoot it down. Uh, they've tried to work out how possibly these things could be preserved. And one idea was that iron from hemoglobin, so the, mm-hmm. the blood of the dinosaurs, the iron sort of precipitated out or something and the iron preserved the proteins. Okay. You you would expect that, therefore, the best preservation would be where the blood vessels are, but in fact, you don't find that. And also, the lab experiments only looked at one or, one or two years. And of course, if my blood preserves things, you'd think the blood bank would be interested in that. It's <laughs> <laughs> just thinking that. Okay. Doesn't quite work. Uh, but blood breaks down and uh, doesn't preserve things. Uh, another idea was they, they called the toast idea. So, you know, when you cook your toast for breakfast, mm-hmm. that toast will last longer than if you've got a piece of bread. So you put a piece of bread out in the weather, it won't last very long, assuming they cover up so the birds don't eat it. But if you toast it, it'll last longer. So the idea is there's some sort of toasting process went on chemically in the dinosaur bones, which helped preserve the proteins. But again... Okay. Toasting from what? Well... Uh, the, the burial process. The burial now. process and chemicals that flowed through the bones and that sort of thing. And so it's a very hypothetical concept again, but they're grasping at straws here because even if you had toast your bread, it doesn't last for millions of years. <laughs> <laughs> so it just goes to show how what what a problem this soft tissue and proteins are in these fossils. And it's not just dinosaur fossils either. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're ichthyosaur, 180 million years old, and there's other things from 200 million years old and even older, uh, from hundreds of millions of years supposedly in the evolutionary scheme of dating things, intact proteins, uh, intact bacteria that actually revived when they were recovered from... uh, supposedly hundreds of 250 million years ago, for example. This, this is inconceivable if these things are really that old. If bacteria can revive, then surely it hasn't been buried and gone for that long. That's exactly right, yeah. So there's, there's a fundamental problem with that whole millions of years deep time story, but they have to hang on to it because, well, time is a magic pudding that you know creates everything, isn't it? And these discoveries, they keep being made, don't they? We, we keep digging up bones. We keep finding more and more of these soft tissues in all sorts of... Yeah, well, one of the things that Dr. Mary Schweitzer's work has done is just opened the whole door to the possibility that all sorts of fossils could have proteins and things in them, and even DNA. Even DNA has been found, you know, fragments of DNA have been found in dinosaur bones. They sh- that's even more volatile and right. would decay more quickly, quickly. Than, okay. than proteins. This is a huge problem for their deep time story. That's the first part. And then you said if we had a look at dinosaurs actually, if they're not that old, then they've lived alongside human beings at some point. Well, that's that's certainly indicated by art that you find all around the world. Tell us about that. Well, just a couple of examples. And Taprom Temple in Cambodia, and I've actually visited this and seen it for myself, but there's a carving on the wall of this temple, which is hundreds of years old, you know, predating any modern paleontology studies that could have inspired it, uh, of a, a creature which has 
features which are reminiscent of the Stegosaurus with the plates along the back and so on. Yep. It's uh, hard to see how it's not some sort of dinosaur-like creature. Other ones, like Bishop Bell was buried in 1496 in Carlisle Cathedral in the United Kingdom up in the northeast of England. And uh, Dr. Mark Harwood, one of my colleagues, actually seen this himself as well. Uh, and a brass relief around the tomb in the floor of the cathedral, uh, all sorts of animals are etched into the brass. Mm-hmm. Things like pigs and dogs and fish and, and things. Okay, animals that are alive today. Animals of which we recognize as real animals today. Uh, but also there are two animals necking with long necks and long tails and four reasonably sized, uh, reasonably equally sized legs. The only animal we know that could be that is a sauropod dinosaur. Mm-hmm. A type of sauropod. And one of them, interestingly, has spikes on its tail. Now, I don't think you could name a sauropod dinosaur with spikes on its tail, or some of your kids in school might be able to name them. But mm. but there's one called Shunosaurus. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, you haven't heard of it. See, but actually known from fossils, which has got spikes on its tail, and a, one of the long-necked, long-tailed sauropod dinosaurs. So, How would they have known well, exactly. I'm Could you say that they just thought it up in their imagination? Well, this is 1496, you see. And so, you know, there was no paleontology going on to study dinosaur fossils and things. Another one is that in Mesopotamia, before the, before Christ, there, there was a cylinder seal found. Now, a seal was used to roll into wax to produce a, a seal on imperial documents mm. so that uh, by pain of death, if you go breaking the seal. And this seal... When you roll it into the wax, produces an image of a creature which we know today from fossil studies as Tenostrophius. Now, there's a book by the name of Dire Dragons by a Canadian guy by the name of Vance Nelson. And Vance has travelled the world collecting art that shows that dinosaurs and people live together. Wow, and Dire Dragons is the name of the book. It's a, it's a wonderful collection, and he's been very careful to make sure that the um, art is genuinely of the era, not not some modern sort of uh, copy, you know, or forgery, if you like. So this, this is powerful evidence that people and dinosaurs will live together. You know, so Fred Flintstone cartoons are not far off the mark. <laughs> Which doesn't always help because, I mean, often if you, if you have a chat with the average person, they're going to say, there's no way that they lived at the same time. That's just, that's just movies and TV shows. Well, they've been so indoctrinated in the idea that dinosaurs died out tens of millions of years before people came on the scene. That's and, of course, they get it through those movies, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World and, and so on. But also they get it at the museum. I mean, my wife and I went to the mm. Queensland Museum yesterday to, yep. to look at the dinosaur exhibit. Um, and what's the the story all the way through is millions of years, millions of years, millions of years indoctrinating all the young people, the kids there, uh, there for their school holidays, watching and looking at these displays and some magnificent displays of the fossils and the creatures. But what's the story that's wrapped into it? Is the story a fact? No, I don't believe it is. The fossils are a fact, but not the, not the story that goes with it. Mm, and we know that stories are powerful, I think, particularly for young ones. Yeah. Yeah, it's sometimes how we learn. So I think if if we've got a story that sounds convincing and it's the one that's presented in the museums. Yeah, well, if you hear nothing else, no, uh, that's what you tend to believe. Yeah. Uh, so people find it a bit, you know, incredible that they could have lived together. Yeah. But that's what the evidence is telling us, that the millions of years story is a myth. So that book sounds handy to be able to look at them. If you can't go all around the world and visit these places, then to be able to have a look at them all collected in one 
in one book. Would Vance, be really Vance Nelson's done it for us. Mm. You don't have to travel the world. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. And so then you also said, thirdly, that we have evidence in the biblical record of dinosaurs. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so I mean, we read about the creation in the creation week, the first week of Genesis, the first chapter of Genesis. We see there that on the sixth day of creation week, God created the land animals, which would include dinosaurs, mm. and he also created mankind. Mm. So in other words, mankind and dinosaurs were created on the sixth day of creation week, and it says it was evening and morning the sixth day. So this happened in one day, uh, and that would mean that dinosaurs and the people lived together originally. I heard someone say to me the other the day, why didn't God say... When he, when he said on day six what he made, why didn't he say? He didn't say that dinosaurs were in there. What he would said, you say to that? He said land creatures is basically a generic, all-encompassing term for animals who live on the land. So behemoth uh, in Job, behemoth in Genesis chapter one is actually a more general term of often translated as cattle, but it's not really cattle. It's land beasts, if you like, hmm. which would include dinosaurs. Hmm, so English translation is not really helping now, there. Yeah, when, when it says Cattle, it's not really cattle, it's broader than that, much broader than that. Mm. And what's the biblical description of behemoth? Well, Job chapter 40 uh, has a very interesting description there of behemoth. Now, God is speaking to Job, and this is after the flood, and he said to Job, look at behemoth which are made along with you. Job had been through a pretty tough time, and God revealed himself to Job in a wonderful way, and he's giving Job a lesson in fact that Job doesn't really understand who God is. He says, look at this creature I made along with you, which feeds on grass like an ox. He's, and it talks about he has a tail like a cedar tree. Okay, a cedar tree is... Well, the cedar in the Middle East is the cedars of Lebanon. So King David went to Lebanon and bought all these cedar trees for the construction of the temple by his son Solomon. So Solomon had all these massive logs got from Lebanon, the cedars of Lebanon, because why? They didn't have any big trees in Israel to make the temple, so they got these big big logs from Lebanon. When the Bible says an animal has a tail like a cedar tree, it's talking about a big tail. Yeah, a big not tail. something little swishy like an elephant. Or... Yeah, well, if you have a look at your Bible, that probably has a marginal note which says, behemoth was possibly an elephant. It's not like the description, though, is it? <laughs> not at all. What, what sort of tail is an elephant? Yeah. Just a little... Little hangy thing. Little and... hangy thing. Mm. Not very big at all. Is there anything else they say it is or just an... Possibly hippopotamus. Okay. Um, and that's not much help either because no. it's got a flap sort of thing. Yeah. Certainly not something to remark on. Mm. I mean, if God was speaking about an elephant or a hippopotamus, he wouldn't have even mentioned the tail because it's not significant. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there's a description there of an animal which we would today say this sounds like a sauropod dinosaur or like the one I saw at the museum yesterday, a titanosaur. Titanosaur. Wow, they were a massive creature. Mm. Yeah. So God's saying, you're in awe of this creature. Mm. Be in awe of me who made it. Mm. That's what he's saying. So we look at this, wow, wow, how incredible is our creator? Mm. That's what should be our response. Yeah does seem to be a tendency for human beings to look at what's been created and look at, oh, wow, that's amazing, but to actually turn and look at the person who designed it. Yeah. The being who yeah. brought it into being. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any other references in the Bible to dinosaurs? 
There's another creature called Leviathan, which follows on for the description of Behemoth. Yes. And that sounds like a massive sea creature, a sea monster, if you like. And the description there sounds like something like Sarcosuchus yes. in Perida is actually a massive crocodile crocodile like creature we know from the fossil record. Mm -hmm. So it could be something like that. But okay. yeah. It's pretty clear that there's. It's not like God is trying to do something symbolic here with his description because that just defeats the purpose of why he's saying it. That's right. So you, you look at this, you see this creature you know. Yeah. Right. Job knows it. You need to know about it mm. and just think about, I made it. If it's just a sort of a mythological thing, what would be the point? There's no lesson in some mythology. It's only a lesson in something that's real. Mm. There's... Some really good questions around this. I've even met people, I, I met a lady the other day who didn't actually think that dinosaurs ever existed. And I was shocked. It's amazing. To be able to talk through some of this is, I think, just foundational and really important. Do you know, I had somebody in Ohio in the United States who actually said that to me, that I talked about dinosaurs in a church. And that lady came to me and she said, I'm really pleased, really happy that dinosaurs are real. She said, my parents told me that God planted the fossils in the ground to test our faith. <laughs> that's just awful wow that is just terrible yeah oh well that's why it's just wonderful to be talking about these kinds of things yeah. with you i would love to do something a little bit different now where i'm gonna fire a couple of questions at you and see if you can answer some of them in the space of about a, a minute and so i'm gonna fire a few at you and if we want to stop at any point we'll we'll have a look at those questions in a little bit more detail but yep. here's the first one and I love this one because as a teacher, my students will often talk about the Jurassic Park movies. And for me as well, it's it's personal because I loved these movies right back from number one. They've changed a lot, but they often define what people believe, Yeah, right. unfortunately. So in these Jurassic Park movies, Velociraptor is Shouldn't. a ferocious, intelligent and dangerous predator. My goodness, he's what nightmares are made out of. That's right, yeah. How would humans have lived with that, Don? Yeah. So well, there's a lot of poetic license in these movies, as there is in, in most movies. Okay. Velociraptor from the fossils was actually about the size of a large dog breed. Very different. Very okay. different to what the shows in the movie. And so, and of course, we know nothing about its intelligence from such things as fossils, do we? Oh, of course. Another one in the Fallen Kingdom was the Mosasaurus. Yes. It was several times bigger than reality. Right. Based on fossils. Okay. So this goes to show that there's so much poetic license in these movies. Mm. We've got to make it scarier and more engaging and... Well, it makes it entertaining, but it's fiction. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Interesting. Love to ask about all the rest of those dinosaurs in those movies. So why did the dinosaurs go extinct then? Well, we weren't there to see what happened. So nobody really knows. And everybody has to speculate. So they're not around today, but why did they become extinct? We don't know. So the asteroid impact idea, which is the one that the go-to for most people, right? it doesn't work because Komodo dragons supposed to have been here all along with the dinosaurs, and they weren't extincted. Okay. Why weren't they wiped out? I mean, yeah. you could argue that crocodiles, which also live through the whole thing, crocodiles are in the water, so they might have been protected, mm. but Komodo dragons weren't. They were a land creature. Why weren't they wiped out by this? So it doesn't add up. 
And like other extinctions, probably a range of things, climate change after Noah's flood is shrinking of swamp, swamp lands because they probably swamp dwelling creatures like crocodiles, genetic decay due to mutations could have contributed, people killing them. We have lots of stories of heroes dispatching dragons, you know, St. George and the Dragon. So a number of different things could have contributed to their demise. Mm-hmm. Okay. If we just stop for a second and go into that a little bit deeper, I was just wondering, I hear a lot the argument that it was an asteroid. Why has that been the main kind of explanation for their extinction? Uh, it might be the main explanation, but it's not the only ex- explanation. There are lots of other theories have come and gone in terms of trying to explain the dinosaur extinction, like you know, new plants evolved with lack of fibre and the things died of constipation. <laughs> okay. Seriously. <laughs> Uh, all, of my, all of the dinosaurs. The new, new, new plants evolved with addictive alkaloids in them, which they became drug addicts and died of drug addiction. And, you know, because actually the, the asteroid impact theory doesn't actually account for all the evidence. Right. Okay. So there's a few different theories. It's not yeah. just the asteroid hitting that. That's, that's the most popular one. But Right. Yeah. So another question that I get a lot from students as well, um, and even adults, is how did all the dinosaurs fit on the ark then? Well, we have to ask three questions. One is, how big was the ark? And how big were the dinosaurs? And how many would have to be on it? And the ark was a huge boat. A lot of people think that the ark was some sort of overgrown bathtub, but it could carry 15,000 tons. Also, how many different kinds of dinosaurs were there? Probably 30, no more than 50. I think more like 30. Many of them were smaller. We all think of the big dinosaurs, but Compsognathus, for example, could sit in your shoulder. Even the ones that grew to a big size start out small because even the biggest dinosaur eggs about the size of a football. So, and God brought the animals to Noah, so He would have brought the juvenile large ones to Noah to put on the ark. So, you know, you put all that together, and it's quite feasible that they were on the ark. That's really interesting to hear. Even your number of thirty to fifty, because I think people today will picture. We know. There's been so many different species of dinosaurs named. How could they all be on the ark? But to know we go back in time, we don't need that many? No, because you look at, say, Apatosaurus and Brachiosaurus, the two that I've looked at carefully, and they're supposed to be different genus, okay? But genus. you look at the skulls and they're almost identical. But what tends to happen is that dinosaurs found in different places tend to be given different names. And there is a process going on at present where they're actually rationalising the names and really realising there's a lot of duplication going on in name in the naming of these things. So, so there's not as many dinosaurs as no, we there's not as many different kinds as what I, what some people think. Yeah. Okay. And I suppose the movies doesn't help with that because with our movies we get probably invented dinosaurs. That's right. Coming up. Yeah. Mm. So Don, why do they think that birds have evolved from dinosaurs? Well, they had to come from somewhere. You know, there are certain features in dinosaurs, like the so-called bird hip dinosaurs. But funnily enough, they're not the ones the bird's supposed to evolve from. So, oh, which one? So, okay. So there's certain features in dinosaurs which sort of are remem- reminiscent of some bird features. And so consequently, there's sort of a, you know, there's sort of some basis there for starting there. But not all evolutionists agree with the idea that birds came from dinosaurs. Some, some top experts, evolutionary-type people, don't agree that dinosaurs gave rise to birds. All right, another quick rapid-fire question. We are told that dinosaurs died out so long ago. This is the story we are told. Why? It, it's part of the whole millions of years evolutionary, cosmic evolution story. 
And here's the problem. In spite of the evidence that dinosaurs didn't die out 66 million years ago, they can't let go of that because to let go of it would be to admit that the whole story is up for kind of question. Pulls the rug out. It pulls the rug out from the whole story. So they've really got to stick with that in spite of the evidence against it. So, Don, I find that in the classroom with my students, it's great that we love talking about dinosaurs. It's an exciting topic, but I often find that it's a big stumbling block for them and almost without thinking it through, it's a pillar to say that evolution is true because they've been taught dinosaurs means millions of years. I think that's why it's so good that we're talking about this. Do you find that the lights start to come on when you when you talk about the fact that they don't have to be millions of years old? Absolutely. Uh, we have good friends that do uh, shows, you know, they take a dinosaur exhibit to shows and uh, it's a it's a very effective way of opening up a conversation with people who've just taken on board the evolutionary story because the evidence that dinosaurs did not die out millions of years ago is strong and consequently that opens up the whole question about what else have I been told, what else have I believed that's not correct. It becomes a path towards enlightenment, if you like, to realise the real history of the world which matches up with what the Bible says. And what sort of advice would you give if, if a student is saying to me, but miss, you know, I go into the museum in the city and, and it tells me the whole story about evolution and the millions of years and it shows me so convincingly that all these fossils are that old. What would you say to them? Well, I would take them to some of the art, right, that shows that people and dinosaurs all lived together quite recently and say, how do you explain that if dinosaurs died out 65 million years before people came on the scene? Thank you so much, Don. This has been amazing to hear what you have to say on this topic. Thanks, Jess. 